All right, Dave, I got a question for you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Is Jason Tatum, as it stands right now, 15 games into the season, is Jason Tatum the MVP of the league? Yes, no question about it. Wow, no best question. So hold on, got just want just want to clear just want to clear the air. So 15 games into the season, not Luka Doncic, but Jason Tatum is the MVP. That's correct. Yep. Not not Luka Doncic. Just so we know, just so we know, the MVP doesn't always mean you're the best player. Okay, of but the, of the league, but Jason Tatum is putting up Luka esque numbers and actually playing defense. So where's clear? Where's clear on that? That is that is what's happening. All right. I mean, th- things can change very early in the season, obviously. Um, but just want to get that out there. Uh, my answer is yes. I mean, clearly. I mean, even on his off nights, like if he had an off night against um, Atlanta last night, and still was flirting with a triple double. So even when he's not shooting well, he is still facilitating and grabbing rebounds. And it's, it's just, it is unbelievable to see him unlock that next level. So let's bring in uh, our guest tonight and our de facto third host of the program, Brandon Maxwell. Brandon, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. Of course, Brandon, what's your answer on this topic right now? Um, I mean, I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> DJ Tatum, uh, leading the best team in the league playing some really tough teams throughout, honestly. All the losses have been close, games where we had leads in them, two of them were in overtime. Um, and he's the best player on the best team. Simple as that. Yeah. If you're talking, like, hockey-level stuff, the Celtics have one regulation loss. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, and th- they've played so well over the past nine, ten games. And you go into Atlanta, a team that has played pretty solid defense and has been scoring the ball pretty well, and wire-to-wire. We've been asking for a game like that all year, where the Celtics lead wire-to-wire, blow out a team pretty much wire-to-wire, and keep the lead that way the entire time. And they were actually able to do it for the first time pretty much all season. So really proud of that effort they put out um, against Atlanta, blew them out. Just it was over with, you know, they had they had the bench guys in with like four minutes left. It was it was a laugher. So they got to keep it up, keep up the intensity, because right now they look like the best team in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, not much disagreement there. So like we did last week or the week before, Dave presented me with a topic that I said, surprise me. Let me see what you got. We'll do a, a topic where I don't have any prep for this this show. And we did our U25 NBA draft, uh, which Dave said, I believe you said, Jake, you did so well. We don't want to put it to a poll because I think you won. Um, I can't. Is that what you said? I can't remember. Right. So I think if I if I remember correctly, I think you're just a smidge off. I would say if you take back 99.9% of those words and syllables, they're probably right. So you know what? Because I never put a poll out because I think it was such an embarrassment. Uh, on your part. uh you know what we're gonna do we're gonna let brandon decide who had the best team so brandon i'm gonna share my screen real quick for you just so you could see what what teams we drafted last week so dave's team is on top my team is on the bottom who drafted the better team of under 25 nba players okay um this is honestly really difficult you guys both drafted uh, pretty equal teams here. Uh, you're such Are a nice friend to Dave, Brandon. I, I like that you're letting him down easy. And 
I might just to clarify, just to clarify, Brandon, we're assuming full health for all these. Right. Guys. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um. I honestly think I'm gonna go with Jake. Thank you, Brandon. You're dead to me. <laughs> I mean, how do you say no to Jason Tatum and John Morant and Shea Yildiz? I got him in the yeah. fourth round. <laughs> the coexistence of Shea and Jaw that's gonna be tough to balance, but they're both ballers. Um, I like Dave's team a lot. Um, but like guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Scotty Barnes, there's a guys who are just a couple of years older than them on Jake's team who have a bit more polish, so they're gonna get there. But I, I picked Jake's team. President Jalen Green is a walking turnover. <laughs> All right, He's, but come ja- up well, at least. Then. Jared Allen can barely hit a free throw, so I don't want to hear it. Um, but if Brand- Jalen Green could do anything besides hit hit the rim, then I think we'd be talking about a different different story here. Brandon, I want to get your comment here because we discussed this on the episode. Any remark on the fact that uh, Trey Young was not drafted by either of us? Oh, that's actually pretty crazy, honestly. You guys definitely should have drafted Trey Young. Um, <laughs> Trey Young should have been drafted over Desmond Bain, Jared Allen, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Ooh, I disagree on Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> are you kidding? Are you kidding? No. Trey uh, Young is much better. Than I know. Tyrese. I know. I know. It was, uh, it was an oversight. It was an oversight. Tyrese Maxey really good. It, was it wasn't oversight. We, it was we an oversight. Both didn't want it. <laughs> we, we both we both agree. It, it was an oversight. The tough, the tough thing too, though, is I mean, just like Jason Tatum, a lot of people don't really think of him as a. I mean, a lot of people do with Tatum actually, but an under twenty five player because they've been in the league for so long. Mm. So, the topic tonight that we'll be doing was kind of inspired by Dave, because he reminded me that we haven't done one of these this year, and I want to get one in. And this is the first time we've done one with a third person. So it's going to be real fun. We're going to do our annual under 25 Boston sports draft with the three of us. Hmm? Emily, Bobby Dahlbeck's over 25. So unfortunately, he is ineligible for the draft. Or else Brandon would take him first. Um, So the way this works, Brandon, in case uh, you're not familiar with the format, we're going to do a five-round draft with the three of us, picking from the four major sports of guys under 25 betting on their future in Boston. And honestly, I think it's pretty good because we're probably all going to take a pretty damn good player with our first pick. Um, But I do have a randomizer up here. Brandon, since you are the guest, pick a number between one and three. Two. Dave? Three. All right, so I'll be one. So I'm going to hit the generator. Whoever gets the first pick will get the number. I'll do it again. So on and so forth. The first pick is Dave. The second pick is Brandon. <laughs> so I am saddled with the third pick. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love to be the underdog. It's a snake draft, so it's okay. All right, Dave. So it's a five-round draft, snake draft. Dave is first, then Brandon, then me, then me, Brandon, Dave, so on and so forth. So... Dave, with your first Can pick overall. 25, or is it is it 25 and under? Under 25. So they, they can't be 25? Cannot be 25. Okay. Which uh, is devastating for yours truly. But other than that, you guys are good to go. So, that being said, what? You'll, you'll find out in short order why that's devastating for me. But, Dave, you are up first. Who is the number one pick? Uh, and why is it not Peyton Pritchard? 
Why is it not PP? Um, <laughs> also, I just want to let you know, Derek Derek White is not under twenty five. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm gonna take Jason Tatum because mm. it's the most obvious pick on the board. Uh, best best overall talent in his sport right now. Doesn't mean the other players aren't good, but he's the best of the group. Easy MVP odds right now. Uh, easy MVP ability. Can do it all. And I think the most important thing of, of his game that he's shown so far is that he's gotten better every year, which not a lot of players can do. And I think that is the true mark of a superstar is you're always evolving. You're always adjusting to what the league is doing to you. You're adjusting to what the defenses do. You're carrying more of a burden. You're, you're, you're learning to affect the game even when you shoot 8 of 22 or you miss five free throws or you have six, you have four fouls early on in the game. You got to try to find some way to impact the game. And I think that's what makes him so special right now. So Tatum's the easy pick. Okay. That's just, that's your opinion. You know, that's cool. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, that's a good pick. He's all right. Uh, some have said that he is an MVP favorite this year. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at this roster. I'm screwed when it comes back to me. <laughs> Well, I am too. There, there's honestly very slim pickings here. Like, there's not too many under. 20. I think we should adjust it and say 25 and under. Um, I'm not sure that they would add anything, but I don't know how much this is gonna add. <laughs> I honestly, I, I don't know how much well, this is gonna add. Let's I'm, do I'm, let's I'm, do 40 and under. <laughs> <laughs> we could do under 30. Um, I mean, we could do like a Boston sports futures draft if you want. Edit it. I mean, I th- I think that's. Uh... I, I'm just looking at it right now, and there's just not a lot of options here. Look, if you guys are based off of the current parameters, I guess I'll go Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> oh man, Brandon, you messed up. Why? No, Dave, that's fine. That's fine. He did not mess up. No, he did, no, you're right. He did not mess up. <laughs> I thought this. I thought this dude was definitely under twenty five. <laughs> What are you talking Jalen Brown? Yeah, Jalen Brown's not No, I was going to say Devers, but I forgot he was 26. He's not either, yeah. Damn, that's a shame. There's really no one on the Bruins. Um, you know what, Brandon? Before you make your pick of Ramondre Stevens, which is fine, uh, let's just edit it to a Boston Futures draft. So you could pick Boston. Brightest Futures, sure. Uh, then I'm taking Jalen. Okay. All right, why, why are you taking Jalen? Um... Yeah, I mean, obviously second best player on the team. Still all-star level talent. I'm hoping that he does stay in Boston for the long term, even though I do think that he likes it here. It's just annoying that a lot of people try and talk him out of here or put him in uh, all these different trade talks and whatnot. Although you can't really be mad if you're in discussions with Kevin Durant, but it seems like he understands that. So he's got good head on his shoulders, obviously. Um, really well-respected off the court, VP of uh, the Players Association, and then a baller on the court, only getting better. Um, just turned 26, and... Yeah, I mean, I think that the rest of it speaks for itself. He's still finding his shot a little bit this year, but I have full confidence that he's going to do that. He's going to be playing up to um, the levels that he has consistently throughout the past few years. I'm pretty sure he's got career highs in points and a couple other stat categories as well. So he's still balling out regardless of whether um, his percentages are exactly where they were last year or not. But like I said, he's getting there, still warming up this season, and I'm expecting a, an all-star campaign from Jalen Brown for this year and many years to come. I like that pick. I love JB. 
I think he could be a you know potential seven eight time All Star player. Um, just a, an incredible incredible talent, and I, I can't disagree. I also I love Jalen, um, but this might come as a surprise. If I was second, I would not have taken Jalen, and I've got two guys. Yeah. What was it? I know, I, after after I thought about it more, I realized because it's a futures and whatnot, but. I'm still happy with No, Jaylen. I love it. I, lo- I mean, you can't go wrong with Jalen Brown. I mean, the kid's going to be a stud. He is a stud already. I mean, he's taken that that leap this year, so I can't blame you. Um, all right, so my first pick is Rafael Devers, who has the potential to be the best Red Sox player since David Ortiz. And he is such a fun player to watch, A you know, one of the best sluggers in Major League Baseball right now. Just the He's so vicious when he swings. And yet he he's so diligent at the plate too. It's just it's so much fun to watch him play baseball because it looks like he genuinely loves being there, and that's so important to loving a player in Boston sports that they really want to be there, really want to be playing, and have an actual interest in the game. So I have to go with Devers because he you know you're talking about a potential forty home run, hundred twenty RBI guy for the next ten years. Maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more if he pops off more. But, you know, you're talking about a guy that the Red Sox retain him, which they should pull out all the stops to do so, is, you know, he could potentially see his number up in right field, which is how it should have been with Mookie Betts. That's how it should have been. It should be that way with Rafael Devers. So um, I'm hoping they keep him. They absolutely should. And I'm betting on his future in Boston. Um, next up, my snake pick is David Pasternak, who is one of the best goal scorers in the NHL and is the crux of this Bruins young core going forward. Uh, to me, a no-brainer. I mean, the kid is just sensational out there. It's between him and somebody else that I could pick as well, who I'm sure will almost certainly not make it back to me. But the Bruins are set up for the future if they retain Pasternak and he who will be named very soon. So they've got a very good future, very good core. And uh, I think Devers and Pasternak, that's a good start. It's a good start for me right there. I'm happy with that. Brandon, it's back to you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to hit some snags here just in terms of what sport to stick with, what 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 it really constitutes as a future. Um, Brandon, Bailey Zappi is still on the board in case you wanted to draft him. You never know. It's true. Um, with all of that said, though, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with someone that I mentioned earlier. I'm gonna stick with him, my guy Ramondre Stevenson. I love it. I think he's verge of being, uh, maybe not necessarily a top five running back, but he'll be around there pretty soon. Um, love Damian Harris, but Stevenson's becoming the feature back. Harris is about to be a free agent next year. He's gonna have even more of a bigger role, um, especially if they allow him to catch more passes in the backfield. It's just gonna make him a bit more versatile and. Excellent running back, even though the line has been extremely inconsistent, even though the quarterback play has been extremely inconsistent. He and probably Jacoby Myers and Harris, too, but he's been hurt. But, uh, I mean, Myers has two, honestly, so you'll throw Stevenson in there. He's been the most consistent driving force of that offense the entire season. Fun fact. So you're taking Jake Bailey, right? It was Jake Bailey, you said? Yep, exactly. Uh, Here's a trivia question for you guys. Ramondre Stevenson, according to uh, Christian Arcan, is on pace for 1,500 scrimmage yards, over 1,500 scrimmage yards this year. 
You know the last Patriots running back to have over 1,500 scrimmage yards in a season? I'm going to think if it's either Deion Lewis or Corey Dillon, I feel like. Andy Woodhead. Brandon is correct. It was Corey Dillon in 2004. It was the last one. The last player was Wes Welker, but he had all the receiving yards. So, really, I don't really count that. But running back was Corey Dillon. So, Ramondre Stevenson on pace for a really sensational season. And I love that pick, Brandon, because I think he is definitely somebody you could see in the Patriots backfield for a, uh, a long time to come. Uh, so that's good. That's a good pick. Uh, Dave, you have back-to-back picks here. Oh, boy. Okay. And I just want to reiterate, um, just so you know, just so you're aware, Jonu Smith is still on the board in case you're thinking about him. I do appreciate that. So is Isaiah Wynn, but I'm just I'm just throwing it out there for you. I do appreciate that. I, I, I'm uh, glad you do. Obvious for me. I'm going to take Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, I figured. Uh, easy pick. I would probably would have taken him if I had back-to-back picks to start the draft overall. But um, probably one of the best overall talents the Bruins have drafted since Patrice Bergeron. Uh, him and Pasternak are the the cornerstones of that team moving forward, and he's he's the best defensive player maybe in the league at least top five, maybe top 10 for someone that really hates him. But uh, he's a puck mover. He's elite skater. He is, uh, he's got a great shot, good passer, good teammate, future captain, just an absolute no brainer pick here. Uh, Charlie McVoy, easy pick. Uh, so then the third, the next pick back to back, this is, I think where we can all agree where it gets a little bit more in the weeds. You have the stars kind of taken out. Now you're looking more at role players. Um, man. I mean, there's certain guys, I think, when you look at it, that probably have potential. So are you leaning more potential or, or present day? Um, I'm going to kind of swing and take a shot here. Man, do I do, I do that? You sound so confident. I'm wrestling with this. Let's you. I'm. You say Hunter Henry. So wait, let me ask a clarifying question. Okay. For this futures draft, how far are we looking in the future? Like, is this like potentially five years, ten years? I would say between the next five and seven years. All right. Well, since it's the next five to seven years, I am going to take. Um. I'm going to take Grant Williams. All right. I, I, I wanted to take someone else, but I, I think Grant, like the one thing you can say is improved every year. Like the first year he missed his first like 23 three-point attempts. Right. And now he's a 42% three-point shooter <laughs> and crazy. he can guard everybody. Like those guys, you cannot have enough of those guys on your team. You just um, can't. And he's so great. Luke Cornett, right? Uh, I think you misspelled it. It's G R A N T. But no, I, I mean I think I think like there's just so few of those guys that can shoot at that high a level and guard five positions. Like he was legitimately the only guy that could guard Giannis in the playoffs. He's legitimately the only guy for the Celtics last year. It's not incorrect. I like that pick. I like Grant. I mean he's played off his ass this year, so and he's played his ass off this year, so. And, and to cool think, like, even seven years, he'll be 30. Like, that's prime. It's true. Uh, he'll be better than Jalen Brown. 
Definitely not. <laughs> All right, Brandon. So the pick is back to you. What do you got? All right. Um, this might surprise you guys. I felt like Dave was kind of uh, inching toward it. That's what was making me nervous before. But I'm going to go with Jack Jones, cornerback, Patriots. Ooh, I like that pick a lot. I actually didn't consider him. I like that yeah, pick a lot. He's on pace to be a baller for the Patriots. Um, he's been consistently in top five of rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year, considerational year, even though it's obviously going to go to Sauce Gardner. Um, at this pace, Jack Jones has been putting his name in the mix the whole year. Um, outside of that, Bill Belichick has always made stars out of late-round draft picks at cornerback, um, whether it's J.C. Jackson or uh, most recently, or if you want to go further back, he always is able to find guys who can fit in in those places. He's already fit in so well so quickly that you can only expect things to go better from here. He's in his rookie year. He's going to have at least four more years with the Patriots after this, 24 years old. Um, I think he's uh, an excellent pick to build for the future. He's a long-haul pick, though. So you might come back and look at this in a couple of years and be like, damn, he's on to something. But right now, obviously, I'm, I'm conceding to the fact that this doesn't look like uh, as dominant of a pick as some of the others. But I'm very happy with Jack Jones here. All right, so, damn. I really want to go with Joshua Bledsoe here, but all right. Um, I know I'm taking a risk. I know I am, but I'm going to take Kyle Duggar here. Uh, I think Kyle Duggar is one of the most promising players on the Patriots defense. Uh, he's only 26, and he's probably up there as far as one of the most valuable defensive backs they have up there with you know young Jack Jones the rookie um he's going to be a part of that next wave of players that they have so i'm willing to put my eggs in the Kyle Duggar basket in terms of how important he'll be cuz Bill Belichick loves versatile young defensive players and Kyle Duggar fits that bill for sure he can pass rush he can defend he can tackle he can do everything so i'm going to roll with Kyle Duggar uh with this and while we're on the Patriots, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go wild like you've never heard before, which means I'm going to take a complete 180 and not pick a Patriot. I had you there for a second, though, didn't I? I did. Uh, I'm going to go Tristan Cassis here. Uh, 22 years old, just ripe old age of 22. And projected to be, you know, the next great Red Sox first baseman. He'll he'll never be as good as Bobby Dahlbeck. Let's get that up front. Let's get that right there. He'll never be Bobby Dahlbeck, all right? He's got to hit 25 home runs in the season at some point. Before he'll he... never be Lars Anderson either. He'll never be Michael Bowden, but he can be a good <laughs> player. <laughs> uh, no, but I love the potential that Cassis has. I mean, he's built like a truck, and he swings for the fences, but also he's very very diligent at the plate uh it's very hard to strike him out so you know he came up last year he had 23 strikeouts but i don't think that's really representative of of how you know attentive he was at the plate so i really like cassis i think he has a very bright future in boston so i i gotta go with him here i think fourth round value for him really really good um so brandon it goes back to you uh i'm going garrett whitlock uh, mm. 26 years old all signs pointing to the Red Sox moving it back to the rotation, so going to have an even more prominent role with this team. Um, had a really good two years, although last year had a lot of injuries, and there were some ups and downs in terms of, you know, he gave up a few home runs here and there, but he was still a really good pitcher. 
Um, if he's anything like he was in his rookie year, he's going to be lights out. Um, and the Red Sox locked him up for the future. So he's basically the only guy that they have signed for the future. So uh, he's kind of <laughs> guaranteed to be the future of the Red Sox in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, and again, it, since he's moving to the rotation, which I'm honestly fine with, in a lot of instances, I'm kind of shaky on it, but he was a starter for the majority of his career up until his injury. Um, to get off topic for a second, Tanner Houck is a guy who I'm more concerned about moving to the rotation than uh, than Garrett Whitlock. I just think Whitlock's a lot better than him, and I think Whitlock's a guy who can um, fight through those things. And again, I think he's going to be having a really prominent role with this team, um, even more of a prominent role than he's had going forward for the foreseeable future. So I'm really happy to to get Garrett Whitlock here. I'm sorry, I was looking at you said Jaron Duran. I actually said Jeter Downs. <laughs> Let's, can we, I just want to take a, uh, a departure here for a quick second. I don't, I don't, I hate to keep going back to it. The Moogie Betts trade was so bad. <laughs> like, it was like, horrible. All due respect to Connor Wong, who I'm sure will be a great backup catcher, and Jeter Downs, who will be an excellent 4A player for the rest of his career. Redugo, a good player. None of these players will ever amount to anything that Mookie Betts was. I'm sorry, but he never will. Um, I disagree. I think Cheater Downs is actually already <laughs> better than Mookie Betts. Are you you're laughing? I I'm only laughing because I think you're underestimating his potential. Yeah. You're saying really good. I think he's like Hall of Fame level player. Yeah. Just he just needs the shot. That's why they're not paying Xander. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> they gotta save the money for him. Uh, Dave, you're back up with back-to-back picks. All right, my first pick. Uh, I'm gonna take Christian Barmore. Yeah, he was. He was on my short list. On I was hoping he would sneak to me. Yeah. I think he's the best young player left on the board with the most potential. Um, and then hold on, are we Dave. Dave I'm sorry, you cut out. You said Yadni could juice, right? Uh. No, I, I, I let me let me restate it for everyone so we can hear it in the back. Christian Barmore is a savage. <laughs> um, I would just to clarify too. Are we? How many players are we taking? I believe we're doing a five round draft. Five rounds. Okay. So this is the last pick for me. Yes. All right. So, I I always kind of like to end on a wild card here. So, I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm gonna take Brian Bayo. Wow. Okay. I like that. You took both of the guys that wanted left. <laughs> I, I I think he is the most potential for the Red Sox that's left on the board. And I don't have a Red Sox player, and I'd like to get one. So I think he, the last, like, month and a half, he had really, really promising stuff. Didn't really give up many hard hit balls. Struck out a lot of guys. Weak contact. A far cry from when he started out, which was basically just getting shelled all over the place every time he threw a pitch. Uh He's going to be able to work with Pedro. He's got really good stuff to start with. I think within a few years, he's going to be logging at 200 innings, and he's going to be sub-three ERA on his best years and probably like settling in the mid-threes, high-threes for his career. So I, I think he's a really, really strong fit. All right, so Dave goes Darwin Zanahanez and Nick Pavetta. Got it. Um... Ooh, Darwin can't ever be on my team. He's not even <laughs> on the bus. He's not even driving my bus. Oh my God. All right, Brandon, your last pick, Connor Siebold. Connor Siebold. Um, well, Dave took both of the people that I was eyeing for my last pick, so good job, so Dave. So 
Brandon, just just before you make your pick, Josh Winkowski is still on the board. In case you're, thank you. That okay. was just want to let you know. Very. I important. had Elon half Brandon's account and, t- and stole his information, so I knew he was going to take those two <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah, Dave had Dave had insider trading knowledge. Uh, I did. Let's see here. Um, don't really know anyone to pick here in the Bruins. Brandon, I mean, uh, Brandon, Brandon Schooler is still on the board. If you want to take the leap. Um, Cause obviously a lot of their, <laughs> is, is Jake DeBrusque any good? I don't even know. I know he's, he is now that he doesn't want to get traded anymore. <laughs> he had no reason why they should have. Yeah. That's why uh, he, re- he took his trade request away as soon as Bruce Cassidy got fired. Pretty right? much. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Um, all right. So now that I'm sort of playing, um, uh, a new, a new person here. I'm deciding between um, a couple here. There is one person on the Red Sox who he's not necessarily a young guy, but got a very prominent role with the team. So I'm expecting that to continue going on in the future. And then you got the Celtics here. And they've got a lot of interesting pieces. Um, you got someone like Rob Williams, for example, who I love. Um but I'm not going to pick him in this situation. Brandon really wants to take Sam Hauser. I know he does. I was I was strongly considering taking Sam Hauser because uh, mm-hmm. I'm buying I'm buying stock low on him. I think he's He'll never have enough shooting. Um, exactly. Can't. But with all that said, I'm going to go with who I love and trust the most. I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. Oh damn it! I was so close to taking him. <laughs> well, 28 years old, so he's still definitely young. He's in his prime right now. Um, he signed for a couple years after this. He is. A Celtic through and through. Seems like he's going to be a Celtic player. I hope and pray for that. Um, just a, a, a glue guy. Who keeps the team together. His assist to turnover ratio this year is excellent. So he's getting even better at um, the decision making and putting these guys in the right places. And um, you just watch the Celtics this year. You see it. I mean, he makes two, two, three, four, five crazy plays a game where it's just him diving for a loose ball, tossing the ball half court to Tatum or him getting a crazy block or him taking an insane charge. You know, we've seen that for years from Marcus, and I don't expect that to stop anytime soon. So I'll round out my roster here with the one, the only, Mr. Marcus Smart. There were a couple honorable honorable mentions that I was considering, but very happy to have Marcus Smart on this team. Yeah. I mean, I love Marcus. I think he's such an underrated player. Um, he was on my short list of, of guys that I wanted to take, but um, ultimately I'm happy he got picked anyway. Uh, that being said, I'm going to take Robert Williams. I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the flyer on him with the last pick. I know he's a bit of a wild card. I know he gets hurt a lot, but when he's healthy, he is the he is the linchpin of the defense for the Celtics. I know the Celtics have been incredible, and I know that they've been virtually unstoppable on offense. But can you imagine that offense with the defense they can have with Robert Williams? I mean, you're talking about a team that is unstoppable virtually. So, you know, when he's out there, he just is a completely different team. So I really love what he brings to the floor. And like Dave said, like you've said, Brandon, the ultimate question is health. Can he stay healthy? I certainly hope so. Is it trending that way? Not really. But I'm going to take the flyer because he is such a talented player and he completely changes the way this team runs when he's on the floor. So I will take a flyer on him with the last pick here of uh of our boston futures draft so our picks 
for the Boston Futures Draft. Dave, you have Jason Tatum, Charlie McAvoy, Grant Williams, Christian Barmore, and Brian Bayo. Brandon, you have Jalen Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, Jack Jones, Garrett Whitlock, and Marcus Smart. I have Raphael Devers, David Pasternak, Kyle Duggar, Tristan Cassis, and Robert Williams III. Some honorable mentions, guys who did not get picked, but we're on the cusp. So, let's get the obvious out of the way. None of us took Xander Bogarts. Is that because we're not confident in him, or, which I assume the latter is the case, we don't think he's sticking around in Boston? <laughs> yeah, I love Xander Bogarts, but the Red Sox disgust me, and it seems like they're not going to bring him back. It's just That's just the vibe I'm getting. They're, they're, because the reason, more so, if they weren't saying anything, it'd be one thing, but they got Sam Kennedy being like, oh, we, we've sweetened the offer twice, or... Right. Bro, we don't want to have a mistake like like Mookie Betts again. It's like it's almost like when the person's talking about it directly, you're like, oh, 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 like is the shit like not right. going well? Like that you feel the need to have to mention that you upped the offer twice already and all this other stuff. So, right. yeah, um, that's just classic Red Sox, and that's unfortunately a big big role in not picking Xander for me. The only one on the Red Sox I'm surprised outside of uh, of uh, Xander Bogarts is Verdugo. I mean, I was going to pick Trevor Story if I didn't pick Marcus Smart. Yeah, I know, but 29, is, I know Marcus Smart's 28, so it's not really a big material difference, but... Bogart is the same age. Oh my God, he's 20, yeah, he's 29 too. That's, I, don't, I don't know why I thought Bogart's like was so much younger than uh, than Trevor Story. That's kind of surprising, actually. But uh, no, you're not wrong. Trevor Story's a good player too. Verdugo, I'm surprised nobody took, 26 years old. Um, if it was a six or seven round I, draft, he probably would go, but... I, I honestly, I think Verdugo's all right. I don't think he's that great. I, I think he's vastly overrated, yeah. He's solid. I think he's a solid player. I'm happy having him start, but um, I don't by any means think he's like the backbone of the Red Sox or anything like that. So it, it's also like, like it's a, it's a situation where realistically the average of Verdugo is probably 270 to 280 with 10 to 15 homers and below average defense. Like that to me just does not buy you a long-term fit so in the outfield. he's like pretty much Mookie Betts then, right? <laughs> Uh, I, I can't even like I can't even believe that like our hopes of like developing guys from that trade rely are solely on Connor Wong, Jeter Downs, and Alex Verdugo. Like if you combine all their best abilities, you still don't get what Mookie Betts does in his worst year. Um any thoughts on John Schreiber? I, I need to see it. Exactly, but one year's not enough. Okay, so maybe this time next year, if he does what he did this year, maybe he's picked. We'll I'll say one year's not enough for a reliever because that's true. I'm comfortable enough with someone like Jack Jones because he's like becoming a prominent cornerback already. Right. Relievers are hit or miss year to year. So. Even even Garrett Whitlock, who's going to be a starter as he should be, um, but we've seen enough from him to show that he's a good enough pitcher to be to warrant. And that's exactly him. why I'm fine with moving Whitlock to a starter because I feel yeah. like he's not the type of reliever where. You're worried about year to year. Is this guy gonna be an all star? Is this gonna be guy gonna be complete trash like on some Matt Barnes? Right. Um, I think Garrett Whitlock has the stuff to be a starter. I think we've mentioned pretty much every Celtic that requires mentioning, unless somebody wants to mention about Noah Vonley. No, House is the only one I think that would have yeah. been taken potentially. JD Davidson is my wow. Making an amended pick. Uh, quickly on the Bruins, Jake DeBrusque probably Jake DeBrusque might be the best player left on the board. Um, I, sorry, I Dave? think I 
think I think Campus Lindholm or uh, Brandon Carlo are probably the two best left on the board. Campus Lindholm, Campus Lindholm must be over twenty eight years old then, because I don't have him on my on my board here. I think he is twenty eight. I have age twenty eight or younger for stat heads, so he must be like twenty nine. But even then, I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, DeBrusque, um, Brandon Carlo. Right now, he's twenty eight. Okay, so stat head lied. <laughs> It's okay. It's probably based on the season age because he turns it half before the halfway mark. That's true. I'm just kidding. I love Stathead. That's that is not. I'm, I'm just. Throwing, I, I love you, Stathead. January twentieth, nineteen ninety four. Jake's trying to get revoked from Stathead. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go tomorrow trying to look something up. I'll get. I'll, I'll say I can't get logged in. <laughs> Access denied. Access denied. <laughs> Been twenty eight for a while. What's good with them? Uh. So. Uh, yeah, nobody else really mentioning other than those guys. Um, shout out Pavel Zaka and Connor Clifton. For the Patriots, uh, a few guys that could be mentioned. Jawan Bentley, not worthy of drafting, but a good player. It's fine. Yeah, he's got yeah. responsibilities in the, in the, with the team, too. Um, not necessarily as good as Mayo or Hightower were, but it seems like he's uh, manning that sort of role. You know, And he's been play calling for a while. I think he was play calling since his rookie year, so... Mm. Yeah. So let me give you guys an interesting either or. If you could have the NFL future of one of these two guys, who would you pick? Michael Unwinu or Cole Strange? Um, I mean, I would say Unwinu right now because he's a couple years further along than Strange's and he's more established and we know he's like more legitimized, even though he's still a very young player. Um, Strange, I think, has, I think, I'm not even worried about him being benched those couple of times. I mean, rookie hiccups, that sort of thing. If it's something that continues to happen throughout the season or something that happens next year, then I think it's room for for concern. But a couple times in your rookie season, I'm not going to really hold that against you. And I think he does have a very bright future. But like I said, I think Owen is a little more established and we already know a bit more about him. I would agree. I go away new, but um, I think Strange has a good career ahead of him. I think people kind of unfairly judged him ahead of time. Um, honestly... I know I said Jake DeBrusque is the best player left on the board, and he is, but Jacoby Myers not getting drafted kind of surprised me. Yeah, he's he's a really good player, and he's proven kind of to get better every year, which is pretty rare for a player that was undrafted or drafted such a in such a low round for the NFL. But I don't know. I, I don't buy that he's going to be here long-term either. Yeah, I think he's going to get paid. That's my only concern. Right. At least more than the Patriots are willing to offer him. I would love to have him stay here, but I think he could get, depending on how the season ends, I think he he could get anywhere from like 13 to 18 mil because this receiver market this year for agency is ass. Right. Right. Um, speaking of free agency markets, how do you guys feel about Damian Harris's market? It like certainly would be better at places than it is here. Yeah. I mean, he, Vermont, right? Vermont is just emerging so much. There is a, there's no more of a not-coming-back guy in Boston sports than Damian Harris. <laughs> Damian Harris yeah, is I mean, I, out I, of here. <laughs> yeah, like, I think he'll be great for some other team. I just right. think that Ramondre is a better back, and I think that they, with him learning and being more versatile as far as catching passes, running routes this year, I think that just takes a significant amount of snaps away from potentially from Harris, who realistically hasn't even proven that he can uh, run routes at a high level like like Stevenson has this year. So, I mean, I think at that point you're talking about, all right, if we only want to back to finish 
or play a third of the snaps at most to spell Stevenson, we'll just draft a guy or we'll sign a veteran like Ty Montgomery to come in and play the extra snaps. Like we don't need to pay Harris five million a year, six million a year, whatever it is. And and Harris is a good back too. Like he can go play somewhere else and, and get more snaps. Damian Harris. Keep him. If they can keep him, I'd be happy. I just think he's gonna get, you know, maybe six to eight mil. And like you said, Dave, I think the Patriots are gonna look at it and say, Hey, we can get production from a second back from one of these guys we drafted last year, or we can draft another guy this year. Pierre Strong, know, baby. Yeah, and Bill is excellent at drafting those late-round late running backs. So um, no concern as far as you know finding someone to fill the role going forward if, if Harris does end up leaving. Damian Harris, you are a Denver Bronco. Congratulations. Um, Josh Uche. Wasn't a consideration for me. Wow. Dave just straight up throwing him out the window <laughs> consideration, but I'm, I'm not, I, I wasn't going to draft him either but I just want to throw his name out there um, let me see my only other name on here that I wanted to discuss was five round draft nobody picked him Mac Jones I'm still not down on Mac Jones I think a lot of people are I'm not down on him either. I, I wasn't still... going to draft him because there were. I think there are more talented players on the four major sports teams. Yeah. Um, but I'm honestly not down on him either. I just think that you know, if I had Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling my plays, I don't think I'd be that good either. You know, I'm not down on him, but I'm absolutely not sold on him. Like, yeah, I think that's I think fair. I think he has a really shitty situation. Um, like you said, weird coaching staff. Never seems to have like a good rapport with players, all those things. But at the same time, he hasn't shown enough skills that make you think he can, one, overcome those things, which, I mean, it takes a whole lot to overcome that. And two, just that, you know, he's showing he's regressed this year. If, if he was playing the same way that he did last year, I think everyone would be completely fine with that, especially all things considered. But he clearly looks a lot worse than he did last year. He's a lot more turnovers, has playing a lot more fidgety doesn't seem as confident so that's where the concern lies there although like i said i do think he has the tools to be a good quarterback i'm definitely not um not off the mac train but i'm not like at the front of it either i'm you know cautiously waiting to see if all yeah i don't know maybe i'm on a... no no i think i think you're i think you're being fair i think um i think the regression is definitely on him to a degree but when you've got essentially three different play callers in two years in the league, that's really tough for a young quarterback, especially a guy who, you know, I know Mac is smart. He's a good decision maker. But it's a lot to ask of a guy like that, a, a young quarterback trying to make his way in the league. And I, I you know, it sounds like a cop-out to a degree, but I think he was kind of set up to fail. Hey, who's the third play caller? Joe Judge. I mean, I don't think he's calling plays. I, I, who knows at this point? I don't know. I think, I think it's just Patricia. I don't know. It's I, just Patricia, yeah. I would hope so. Actually, I don't know why I would say I'd hope so, because he's bad at doing it too. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think that just the fact that I'm, you know, I don't know. You have a guy who's never called offensive plays before in the NFL calling your plays for you, and he's done a halfway bad job of it. So I don't know. But the good news for Mac is that maybe McDaniels is back here next year. Who knows? They say I mean, he's not, but he might be. The funny thing is, last year we had like nothing to pick from as far as 
OC or whatever you want to call Matt, um, Matt Patricia's job title. Um, there were there was pretty slim pickings, but next year there's a lot more to choose from. Whether it might be McDaniel's, whether it's someone like Frank Reich, whether it's someone like Bill O'Brien who's finally going to be out of his contract with Nick Saban. And that was a big part of the reason that Bill didn't go after him because he and Saban are boys, and he knows that Saban fucking hates that. Um, so who knows? I mean, not like uh, th- those guys all have flaws, you know. But right. it's it's interesting to see that there are some options for next year. But then again, like you were saying, Drake, there's been so much inconsistency around Mac. Like, are you really going to bring in a third coach next year? Three coaches in three years. Right. And, um, maybe even four, like you said, depending on what level of involvement Judge has. But um, that's always the, the things that are scary about a quarterback when they're young is uh, all of the disarray and changes going on around them. And obviously there's still the consistency of Bill, but there's also so many changes in terms of the scheme they're running and all these different things going on with the offense. Um, so again, I'm, I do have tons of concerns about Mac, but I have way more concerns about what they're putting around him in the environment and all that. So yeah that makes sense um patriots if you need help give us a call we're happy to help all three of us can uh, probably call plays better than matt patricia but you never know he's been an actual nfl head coach so who are we to say but in fact uh, matt uh, speaking of matt patricia that they had on the screen earlier so maybe you guys saw it but there were six coaches hired in 2018 and mike brable's the only one standing still that's got fired he's one of those astonishing that's why i remember it Good for Mike Rabel, though. Good coach. Good coach. Um, oh, come on. Let Ryan Tannehill throw the ball. Come on now. Who cares? They're up by 10 points. Anyway, um, that's just my fantasy football speaking. But anyway, thank you, Brandon, for joining us. It was a great time. Uh, hope I, I, I wish you best of luck in the uh, Twitter poll for this draft. If it, if it lasts that long. <laughs> it took me a second to realize what you're talking about, but yeah, it's, that, that's fair. Uh, we may never know. <laughs> we'll find out. Oh. What do you got? Oh, never. Breaking news? Not necessarily breaking, but mm. from Hoops Rumors. Oh. They're saying, and this is along the lines of what people have already been saying, but they're saying Joe Mazzula is expected to receive a long-term contract with the Celtics. Obviously, though, they're not making anything official at this moment. You heard it here first on Crossing State Lines. You yeah, man. It's nothing crazy, though. I mean, Woj basically said the same thing the other day, so. That's okay. That's okay. People heard it here first, I'm sure. That's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, Dave, any last thoughts before we part ways tonight? Um, I think the only thing left to say today is, is that, that you want to swap out Charlie McAvoy for J.D. Davison? No, no. I was oh, okay. I personally... I'm glad you said that, though, um, because after I got Charlie McAvoy, I think it was clear that the last two drafts me and Jake have done, I have absolutely thoroughly yeah, destroyed Jake. Yeah, you're so just, I'm, yeah, I'm you're... glad that we were able to let the whole world see that. See yeah, us okay. that. yeah, you must be going to some stand-up clubs recently because your comedy is on point. Great job. You're doing a great job out there. <laughs> you're very funny. <laughs> also, um, sorry to go back to this, but um with Missoula something that I didn't know is luckily since the suspension with EMA happened before the season started all of these wins do count officially to Missoula but um if a coach comes in in the middle of the season in an interim tag those wins go to the coach that was like there before so for example Luke Walton when he was like whatever 26 and 4 or whatever with the Warriors 
all those wins went to Steve Kerr. He could have used those wins because the, the Knicks, because exactly. the, the, the Kings were not good when he was coaching. <laughs> what about his percentages? Quite a bit. <laughs> Is he coaching anywhere right now, Luke Walton? Well, he's um he's a bench coach for the Cavs. Oh, bench coach for the Cavs. Good. Well, at least he's on a team that is winning, unlike the Kings that he was coaching. Um, but yeah, anyway, you can follow us at CSL Podcast on Twitter. Look out for us next week. We'll be talk to you then. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Peace out.